guess we just got to start. Let's All right. Let's do this. All right. Well, this is uh, episode one of the podcast. Something I've been wanting to do for for a good while now. Primarily, I wanted this podcast to be kind of a filler between the official reviews that I'm doing for the paddles because you know some events happen occasionally. Like I review a paddle with the positive review, and then there's some QC issues with the paddle, and it'd be nice to be able to kind of you know talk through that in between. Uh, videos to kind of give people a warning and also you know just to kind of have fun talk about stuff that in our daily lives that i don't get to talk about in the official podcast and the official videos right so yeah uh, you might uh, see i have a cohort here uh eddie and uh eddie and i you've seen him in a lot of my videos uh, we often play together play against each other uh they call him flying eddie for his, his <laughs> uh, jumping that, sure. antics <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, um, Eddie, do you want to kind of give us an introduction about who you are, what you, what kind of your background is? Well, um, I started pickleball in 2017, so coming up on six years now of pickleball. Wow. Yeah. I can remember the exact date. It was March 31st because there was a, a class at the local uh, gym in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and they they got me involved. And at the time, it was, I mean, I think we all know the stories, right? A lot of Older folks, mm-hmm. it's yeah. definitely started to skew younger now. But uh, yeah, I mean these uh, these sixty, seventy year olds were kicking my butt from the beginning, and I thought, mm-hmm. hey man, if they can do that, that should get in on this. Right? Always the hook, right? Yeah, it, you get beat by an elderly person, you're like, I've got to figure out how to, <laughs> how to I, redeem I mean, myself. Somehow they they were you know limping from the car to the gym, and uh, once they get there, uh-huh. they take on a whole new exactly. persona. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're like, man. But we've known each other now for what two years. At least, um, maybe three. Played uh, a few tournaments together. Yeah. But yeah, and I think uh, the first time we met on the courts was at Autry, one of the local courts in, in Superior. Right. Uh, and I invited myself to, as the fourth, to your, your game. <laughs> well, you had that crazy uh, chainsaw serve that was still <laughs> legal right. at the time that was just destroying all of us. And <laughs> I was like, oh, John, stop it with that. <laughs> yeah. But this is really answer. exciting because the, the pace of – just technology coming out every week, it seems like. Uh, uh, it, it, there's too much to talk about sometimes. So yeah. having a forum like this, kind of a long forum, uh, you know, media yep. um, forum is, I think, great to be able to have the time to really dive into lots of different types of things, not just paddles. Yeah, if, if you haven't realized, Eddie is also a total paddle geek <laughs> like myself. I think no yeah, one's that, a paddle geek like, <laughs> like you do. <laughs> I take it to extremes. So yes. Go ham on it. But um, – one of the things I wanted to talk about is, is which podcasts uh, we're watching right now. Um, uh, so, yeah, what, what about you, Eddie? I love the Pickleball Studio guys. Uh-huh. Um, I think they're kind of the preeminent uh, social media guys out there, Will and Chris. Uh-huh. Um, Pickleball Effect, Brandon and Logan, I think they do a great job. Uh-huh. Um, a lot like you, you know, big-time geeks in the paddle world. <laughs> Uh, they're all about the metrics and the data, and I really appreciate that, and I think they do a good job of, of um, fair and honest, objective yeah. uh, kinds of reviews. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, I'm friends with with Chris and Will and Braden and all those guys, and, and uh, I think I think they have the uh, the best podcasts. Uh, I also watch King of the Court for the kind of the gossipy stuff, you know? Uh, uh, the Dink is, is good. Um, 
Oh, who's Rob Nunnery and, and uh, Adam Stone? What's their podcast called? It's a really good one, though. Okay. Like the, their, their chemistry is really good. Uh, sorry, I can't remember the name of it. Um, oh, anything else? Pickleball arena that you listen to? I mean, I think uh, going OG, um, Webby and Eddie back in the day. Oh, really? I mean, I used to love uh, following them. And they're still out there once in a while uh-huh. uh, creating content here and there. But uh, uh, I think for me, at least, that that's kind of where I started with the whole video and podcast thing is, is following those two guys. Yeah. Really amusing. All right. Well, moving on. So, so John, what was, what was your first paddle? I mean, I, I talked oh. about the uh, – the Z5 and, and Onyx, there were some other paddles uh, there at the beginning for me, but uh-huh. what was your first paddle? Mine was uh, the Monarch Mercenary. Uh, it was a graphite paddle. I think I bought it at Dick's Sporting Good. Sporting Goods for like, I want to say 50 bucks, maybe. the one with the, the red dragon on it? I don't think it had a fancy dragon on it. Okay. It was kind of white. Uh, I've actually got it in my paddle database. I, I went and grabbed it one day and ran some of the metrics. I don't think I did power and pop on it, but I got spin on it and weight and all that. But um, Probably yeah. not top tier, I'm guessing. Not, not top tier. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you don't know any better when, when you're just starting. So I played with that for, I want to say, a couple, three months. And then I went to a Selkirk and... God, I cannot remember which Selkirk it was. It was it was kind of an elongated, 16 millimeter, I remember that, elongated shape. I mean, I cannot keep Selkirk's typology yeah. straight in my head. I know it's pretty simple, but but they're like non-words, like Invicta with a K. I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> you know, and, uh, and everything else, it doesn't really relate to what the paddles actually are, you know. So it, it's like learning new people's names. It, it, it eludes me sometimes. Um, I think my first Selkirk was the it was the Amped series. Mm-hmm. Is that is that yeah, right? That's what I had too. Now that you say that in the epic amped. shape, I think that was mine too. Okay. Was, it, was it blue? Was yours blue? I don't remember the color. Okay, yeah. Then so my my journey through the paddles real quickly is I went from the Selkirk Amped uh, to Electra Model E, and that was a big improvement. That's a great paddle. Yeah, that was such really? a good paddle. Yeah, yeah. I played with that thing for. At least six months, maybe eight months, probably eight months. Uh, and from that to a Yola Hyperion. I uh, actually went to the Yola Hyperion. There's a CFS and a CAS. I played with the CAS first. And that's the carbon abrasion surface versus the carbon friction surface. So the CAS is not a raw carbon fiber surface. It was like fiberglass with, mm. with um, uh, grit, grit glue on it. And I actually loved that thing. And I, and that was when I was, you know, still around three five level, and and I had both the CFS and the CAS, and I preferred playing with the CAS because I felt like it had a, a bigger sweet spot. Ironically, because it doesn't, but the CFS has a much bigger sweet spot because it has the, the the edge foam. And all right, so Yola, Hyperion, and then you know stuff started happening with with my video reviews. I think right. I just started having paddle after paddle after paddle. But my primary. Since then, I, I went to six zero. Shortly after that, uh, I was playing with the six zero Black Diamond, the original Black Diamond, for for a good while. Uh, then I went to the Pickleball Apes Proline Energy, mm-hmm. and now I'm on to the six zero Ruby. What's the longest you've played with any one paddle consistently? It was, it was the Model E. Model E. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention I had, had uh, I went from a Model E actually to the uh, uh, Pro Two, uh, the Electrum Pro Two uh, for. A good another four months before I went to another paddle after that. So, yeah, Electrum was was big in my beginnings. 
Yeah. How about you? Where'd you go from Selkirk? Oh my gosh, all over the place. Pro Light. Okay. Uh, more Selkirk. Um, I played with the Selkirk 003 for quite some time. Uh-huh. I would say uh, eight months, which in you know pickleball years is a long time. Yeah. Uh, and did great with that paddle. Uh, huge for control. I could put that thing anywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, now I'm on to the, the Gearbox Pro Power yeah. elongated. Yeah. Kind of the opposite end of the spectrum from the 003, right? But it's treated me very well. Yeah. And the Gearbox is, for me, it's a great paddle. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it is a, a really good paddle. They had, they had some issues after its release. Uh, just I've terms. never noticed any issues, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I've only tried your demos and, uh-huh. and the two that I've purchased, uh-huh. and not a single problem. Uh, I know that there was a weight issue. And after Raphael, from the owner of Gearbox, you know, went on record several times saying that that's one of the key indicators of, of quality for a paddle is the consistency in the weight. And then mm-hmm. there was like a 0.5-ounce fluctuation in the weight. Then you know, rightfully, people got a little upset, you know. So. To be honest, mine are right at 7.9. Are they? All which, of them? Yep. Now, has Raphael directly addressed the, the question about break-in period? I know that he spoke to Chris Olson about it. I heard secondhand from Chris Olson that they talked about it, and, you know, Raphael brought it up as a thing that it does take a break-in period. And, and Chris, I think when he gets back from vacation, he's, he's coming back from Hawaii, I think, soon. He took January off, but he has uh, in the works a video specifically about – uh, the break-in period for these Gearbox Pro Series paddles. And they do. They definitely break in. These Gearbox Pro power versions are the most powerful paddles on the market. And they are. And, yeah, they, in terms of legal yes. USAP, yep. that you can use in a tournament. They're, they're just beneath EVA foam paddles in terms of power potential. But one of the unique things about them, and like I talked about in my video, is that there's both power and pop are there you know, all day with those, those paddles. So you can... Serve and drive from the baseline with a full swing, and you get massive power. And you can sit at the kitchen and do shorter strokes, and the pop is there. Usually, that those two aren't aren't both high on a paddle. There's some rare exceptions, but they happen to be the highest on the gearbox paddles. But uh, a lot of people hear all the reviewers saying, "Oh my God, they they hit like a truck," and then they go buy one or try one, and they're like they're underwhelmed because it doesn't seem like as much power as they were expecting. It doesn't hit, you know, faster than a tennis racket, for example. So, you know, we're kind of tuned into these subtleties of the paddles as paddle reviewers. And, you know, maybe we should make uh, uh, more statements like, listen, yes, this is the most powerful paddle. But it's, it's, it's a subtle difference between this and the second, third, and fourth paddles in that lineup. And by the way... There are some paddles sneaking up on the there, – there was kind of a little bit of a gap in power and pop for the uh, Gearbox Pro Series mm-hmm. and the, the paddles beneath it. But that gap is closing with some of the newer paddles I've been testing. I'd be curious to learn more about what is – what's breaking in ah. over time. Is it uh, something within the structure of the, the carbon fiber core? Mm-hmm. Is it uh, adhesives? Is mm-hmm. it the face-to-core – Interface. I'd, I'd be really curious to know what that is. Yeah, uh, I know a little bit about what Chris Olson is finding, uh, but I don't want to spoil 
because <laughs> he actually he actually ran some real tests at uh, okay. at nationals when I was there with them. Uh, so uh, I'll let him break that news. Yeah, so, but he he found out some interesting things. Uh, uh, you know, the, the question was is is break in the new term for delamination, right? <laughs> so is is the core actually breaking? Um, but uh, yeah, I'll let I'll let Chris break that story. We were going to talk about uh, some of the new paddles we're hitting. Uh, Eddie and I just finished a game uh, today, and we we're both playing around with a couple of paddles. One of which is the Proton Series One, and Proton sponsored um, last year Andre Dayescu. Uh He's been playing with that paddle for a while now, and recently they they signed Megan Design also, and she's playing with it. So if if you don't know of this, it's starting to get a lot of buzz, actually, these, these paddles, the Proton paddles. Um, they have three series. So there's Series 1. Um, I'll talk about that in a second. But Series 2 is is like a uh, thicker, softer, uh, elongated paddle with grit texture that plays a lot like the Selkirk Lux, so a very control-oriented paddle. I don't think you played with that one yet. And then Series 3 is a raw carbon fiber paddle, uh, you know, elongated version, uh, I think it's 16.5 inches long. It's some kind of non-standard measurement. But regardless, that one feels, the Series 3 feels very familiar to all of us who've been playing with thermoformed raw carbon fiber paddles. Uh, It's really nice, uh, but it feels like a lot of the others out there. Uh, And like I said, the Series 2 plays a lot like the Selkirk Lux. Series 1 is is quite unique in in the paddle space in terms of uh, particularly the surface material that they put on it. It's completely smooth and it feels kind of tacky, kind of almost rubberized, but it's not soft, like you can't squeeze it or else that would be illegal with the USAP specifications. But it's got a tacky feel to it. So it puts spin on the ball, not with texture, but in terms of grabbing the ball with its stickiness, the the rubberized texture and spinning the ball. What are your thoughts on playing with it? Well, playing with it and against it uh, <laughs> with that paddle in your hands, uh, the ball was dipping furiously. Yeah. I mean, your drives were uh, coming with speed, pace, mm-hmm. and tremendous uh, curve. I mean, some of your drives from the baseline, John, were nearly dipping down into, into my kitchen, which is <laughs> a little scary, actually. But uh, yeah. I would guess the spin numbers on that have to be near top of glass. Yeah. They are, yeah. I, I'm actually going to do a full review on those paddles soon, but uh, the spin numbers are are above 2,300 RPM, which is that's insane. Yeah, is that at the top of the top tier? And it's controllable spin. I mean, uh, I play a lot of backhand slice on return of serve, uh-huh. and uh, it was grabbing and skidding like uh-huh. like no other paddle I've played with recently. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the paddle with, like, in your hands, how you played with it? Uh, it feels a little heavy, but I like a little heaviness mm-hmm. uh, coming from the Gearbox Pro Power, which I have weighted down to try and bump up the sweet spot a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I've got a lot of weight on my Gearbox. So I'm, I'm used to that weight. I'm used to uh, swing weight, you know, 120 plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and this feels no different than than that, really. Yeah, so there are a couple of versions of the Series 1. There's a uh, what they call a standard, which is actually a wide body. It's, it's wider than 8 inches wide, uh, and they have an elongated one, too. And there's <laughs> it's confusing, but there's even two versions of each of those shapes within, within Series 1. There's a standard polypropylene honeycomb core, and then there's a Nomex honeycomb core. 
So the Nomex hits, you know, like Aramid, you know, really pingy sound mm-hmm. and a very stiff face. You get more pop out of it. And then everybody knows what polypropylene plays like. Um, but I'm, I'm leaning toward – so they sent me the polypropylene wide body and the Nomex elongated. The Nomex was too stiff for my taste. I mean I'm sure there are people who would like it. But I, I'm not a big fan of, of Kevlar, Aramid, Nomex cores. I love it on the surface, but I'm not a fan of it as a core. It just is too, too brittle, you know, compared to plastic. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm leaning toward the, li- the wide body. And the more I play with it, the, the more I like it. And I'm not going to switch to it as my primary anytime soon. But, but uh, the first time I hit with Series 1, I was like, oh, like you said, it did feel heavy. Heavier than what you would think a shorter wide body paddle yeah. would feel like, um, but you notice the spin right away, and then you start kind of getting it dialed in because it's not as the measurements are all non-standard. The the, the handle length is five point two five inches. The 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 length I forget. It's all non-standard, so it doesn't feel like any other paddle, and the materials are different too. I talked with had a really good long conversation with the owner. And I won't get into too many de- details to spoil the review, but but he is a couple of important things about the manufacturing is a, it's being manufactured in the U.S. and he's opening a a factory in Mexico also, so it's it's here and you know not in China like like most of the other raw carbon fiber paddles are. Uh, and also, he has a background in the aerospace industry, and he's telling me, at least, that uh, these are aerospace-grade raw carbon fiber paddles, uh, carbon fiber paddles. So even the Series 1 has has a layup of unidirectional carbon fiber underneath that tacky material that they're calling nanotac is what they're calling that the surface but underneath it i actually dissected one earlier today and underneath it is is that that Mm. standard layup of 90 degrees unidirectional prepreg carbon fiber uh and the carbon fiber you know it looking at the profile it does look a little different than than all the others i've seen it's very subtle but but um but it doesn't quite look like all the others I've seen that I dissected that came out of these factories in China. So, you know, maybe there is something to uh, this aerospace. And I, I talked with other paddle manufacturers uh, like like Raphael from from Gearbox, and he says that no other paddles, no paddles at all, even Gearbox, use aerospace grade carbon fiber. It's all sports grade, which are basically the defects out of the aerospace. The question is. Does it even matter what grade the carbon fiber is under, you know, within within reason? Clearly, if you put cardboard underneath underneath the surface, that's not going to last. So crappy materials are going to not make a good paddle. But is the difference between aero-grade levels carbon fiber versus sports-grade carbon fiber going to have any impacts on the playability and the durability of a paddle? We don't know. Uh, but – it does give me comfort when people actually use the, the higher-grade raw materials. Not to spoil your video, John, but your thoughts on the, the design elements uh, of these new paddles? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a whole other thing. So the, the aesthetics? Yes. You, okay. Yes. So, yeah, they're, um, not to my taste. I, I actually mentioned that. So I, I'm going to have a – the second podcast is going to be a interview that I had with Andre and Megan um, and uh, – they were nice enough to sit down with me, not in person, but we had a we had a Zoom call and recorded it. And they talked about 
uh, their experience with proton paddles, and I was honest with them. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't care for the for the looks of the series one. Uh, to be fair, the C- series two is is very pretty. It's like a baby blue, very subtle color. That's that's the one that plays like the Selkirk Lux. And series three looks a lot like every other raw carbon fiber paddle. It's it's a lot more subtle. You can't do much with raw carbon fiber surfaces in terms of design. But boy, they went they went crazy with the colors and and the retro elements of of I the think series retro one. Retro is a good word. It seems like they went with the Miami Vice color palette <laughs> wheel there. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's not off putting necessarily. You know, I, I, talking with uh, Megan and Andre, they're both getting pro paddles, pro signature paddles through Proton, and they can design the, they can make the design whatever they want. And Andre is just like, I love this, this, these designs. You know, I, I probably want to have a colorful paddle. And Megan was like, I'm gonna do something a lot more subtle. You know, something. You know, so I wanted to darker. ask you a little bit about, you know, these pro signature paddles and the relationship these pros have with uh, mm-hmm. certain manufacturers what what kind of influence do they have in uh, either design mm-hmm. structurally um, dimensionally aesthetically uh, is it all over the map uh, I mean uh, what is it that they're bringing to the table for these manufacturers you know I, I don't I don't have good answers to that other than what I've seen in interviews and talking with some pros myself, but I know Ben Johns has a lot of sway in terms of of what specification he wants in the paddle. And I think he that's why he went to Yola, because they had that history in table tennis and uh, you know, they they were progressive with their materials and, and uh and he wanted, you know, he he has a degree in material engineering, I am pretty sure. From my alma mater. Oh really? Yeah, University oh. of Maryland. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so he's he's real smart. If you listen to him talking about paddle materials, you're just like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. So I think, you know, I think he pushed Yola originally to make that edge foam perimeter mm-hmm. uh, paddle, which you know changed things a lot. Uh, and he had a lot to say and into the development of the the Perseus paddle also. So, but my sense is that other other pros. Are probably less knowledgeable than you and I about paddle materials and technology and what plays well, you know. And honestly, you know, a lot of the pros, they're they're not playing with the best paddles because they're under contract with a paddle company who's paying them really well. That's they need to get paid, right? So, you know, I, I won't name the companies or the pros, but but there are pros out there who could definitely play a lot better if you put a different paddle in their hands outside of their sponsor sponsored paddles. It is interesting to know that there are some pros, though, like a Ben Johns, who, um, in certain cases, have quite a bit of influence over product, yeah. product design, and uh, uh, getting things out to the public. The, what's What's interesting to me is is what's good for Ben Johns, good for you and me. You mean in terms of what difference does a paddle make in the hands of a? Four or five level player versus a pro p- player. Or Ben John's ideal specs for a paddle, are, are they workable? Oh, I see. For the average player, like uh, you know, a four zero, yeah. four five player. You know, and a whole other issue is is uh, I think a lot of people getting into pickleball initially aren't going to be watching my videos or Braden's videos to figure out all the metrics and which paddles are going to work best for them. They're going to 
be like, okay, let me choose a paddle that a pro plays with because I know they're the best in the world. And then, Do you think that's what they're doing? Because I think like you and, uh, you know, you talked earlier about going to Dick's for your first paddle. I think I went to Dick's for uh, an early paddle uh-huh. of mine. I think that's true for a lot of people. They they hit the big box stores. Mm-hmm. They see something that is visually appealing to oh, them yeah. and boom, they buy it if, if it's within a certain price point. Yeah, you're totally right. Total beginners who are just getting into pickleball probably don't even know who Ben Johns is or Anna Lee Waters, right? And they're going to go to Walmart or Dick's or something and, and grab a cool-looking paddle or the cheapest paddle. But I I was thinking in terms of, like, the first good paddle you buy. Yep. Yeah. If you're six months into it and you're starting starting to become obsessed with pickleball and you want to upgrade your paddle experience, I think a lot of those people migrate to the Anna Lee Waters and Ben Johns. And, and there aren't that many well-known pros to that level player, I'd say. Uh, so it's going to be two or three pros that are selling the most paddles based on their sponsorship. But yeah, and then, then eventually, you know, people, a certain subset of people get big into the technical specifications of their paddles and start watching videos like mine and Chris's and Will's and Braden's and, you know, Others, and I think that's where we're that we've seen a big change this year in companies like Ronbis and and Six Zero come about. They're doing it without big name pros for mm-hmm. the most part. Yeah, uh, they're doing it with cutting edge technology, mm-hmm. uh, getting the word out through word of mouth, social right. media, those kinds of things. And and there isn't that pull from you know the professional side. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a, it doesn't make sense in the business model sense for for like for. Rhombus, for example, even six zero, they do have Jalme uh, as a pro, but uh, but it doesn't make sense for them to spend you know millions of dollars on a pro at this point because you know they they're known as pushing the envelope in terms of the direction that pickleball is going with their paddle technology, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, that's different than having a pro pro face associated with their paddle. Yeah. All right. Moving on to, to balls. Um, I was going to do, so I actually recorded with you and Paula and, and who was the, uh, Sarah Jenny, I think was the fourth. And uh, the four of us played with the Vulcan ball just before Masters. And that was when they first went on sale. I got one of the first batches and I recorded us playing with it and I mic'd us all up, but I was going to do like an initial impressions video, but the mics ended up sounding like total crap so I, I had to ditch that video but let's go ahead and Probably talk about for it. the best <laughs> <laughs> yeah there wasn't much many profound thoughts on that video but but yeah I mean now what are your thoughts on the Vulcan ball uh, it definitely plays fast mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what the hardness is on that but um, I would put it maybe slightly below the dura in terms of, of mm-hmm. hardness mm-hmm. and weight yeah um, plays very well I did notice that after I don't know, just a few games that seemed to go out of round. Now, I don't know if that's that particular ball or that lot of ball, mm-hmm. but um, for us at least, that the roundness was an issue. But no cracking or anything like that. Yeah, I agree. I'd say it, it well, I'm, let me pull up my ball database here. I, I do measure the hardness with a durometer on the balls, and the hardest ball that I've measured is the the Dura, uh, that comes in at a short D measurement of 59.3. 
and the Vulcan ball is 59.2. So that's within, you know, the margin of error. So they're basically the same hardness. I do feel like the, the Vulcan ball plays a little softer. It feels a little softer. Maybe it softens up after you're playing with it for a while quicker than the Dura. But I also feel that it feel like it feels heavier, and it's not. I, I, have, I weigh them, and they're all basically within a small range of, of weight. So it's not actually heavier, but it feels a little heavier when you hit it. Now, when you say heavy, you, you're that feeling of just holding it in your hand or hitting it against your paddle. Yeah, hitting in, it with your in paddle. Game. In the hand, it feels the same weight, but when you're hitting it, it just, you know how some, like the softer balls generally feel heavier, you know? Like the Onyx makes a, one of the real soft marshmallow balls, yep. and that thing always just feels like a brick when it hits your paddle. It just feels like a heavier ball, and it, it's not. It's the same way. But, yeah, it's not as – it doesn't feel as heavy as the softer balls, but it does feel a little heavier, I'd say, than the Dura. I'd say it feels about as heavy as a, as a Franklin next 40. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And what, what, what's the effect on you in terms of that feeling? You um, feel like you're hitting balls long or yeah, a few it, more out than you normally would? No, I, I, it doesn't bother me in terms of, you know – being able to control the ball, but it, it's kind of the feeling, the same feeling you get with with power versus pop in a paddle. Like when when you swing hard at the baseline and hit a hard drive, um, uh, you can. It seems like you can get more power with a heavier ball yep. versus at the kitchen when you're doing these little flicks and things. It seems like you get more pop with a lighter ball. So the Dura seems more poppy to me, and the Vulcan, and again, this is a very subtle difference, feels a little more powerful uh, to me. So there's two types of speed, I guess, if you will, you know. What's the price on those? Oh, God. They're over $4 a ball for the Vulcans. Uh, if you buy them in a 12-pack, they're $4.17 per ball. You know, they, they just spent millions of dollars on a contract with a PPA. They've got to make that money back. But that's a good, a good segue into uh, what I— an alternative to the Vulcan that that I wanted to talk about. I mentioned this in, in Chris's Discord server also, but but looking at these two balls, they look exactly the same. They have almost the same hardness, and uh, they play very similarly. So I'm talking about here the uh, Neo Slick Vega 40 ball. Is that the actual name of it? Uh-huh. Neos, I like that. Yeah, Neo Slick is the brand, cool. and and Vega 40 is the ball. Guess how much they are per ball if you buy twelve of them? Uh, Three fifty, a dollar seventy-five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, we hit with both today. Well, could you tell any difference between the Vulcan I, and the Vega? If you took the branding off, mm-hmm. I probably would have a very difficult time. Yeah. Telling the difference. Yeah, me too. So there's a budget alternative out there uh, for people wanting to hit with the Vulcan ball, but don't want to spend that much money. And I understand the Vulcan needs to make their money back. And I also understand um, that they made a good ball. I'm I'm happy with the Vulcan ball. It could have gone horribly wrong. Like there was not a Vulcan ball when they got the contract, as far as I know. And they could have given us a horrible ball. I love the color. It's very bright. And I can see it even as a colorblind person on the court. That's true. That's vibrant. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And so is the Vega 40s, mm-hmm. the same color. Um, and there's some others out there. Um, a, a lot of people tried to compare the uh, have compared the Vulcan ball to the core balls as well. They also look almost identical, but uh, the core is a little softer um, than both the Vega and the Vulcan, which is a, a, 
an awesome alternative, especially in colder weather, because you're going to break. The Vulcans, I'd say, are definitely more durable in terms of cracking than the Duras, ironically. Uh, but they do go out of round. But as with any ball, the harder the ball is, the colder the temperature you're mm-hmm. playing in, they're going to break more often. So, uh, you know, if you're playing in, I'd say, 40 degrees and below, I wouldn't even go with the with the um, Vega 40. I'd go more like a Core or a Franklin, you know, something a little softer. So, John, we need to uh, experiment a little the next time we play and, and pull a ball out of the bag. Uh-huh. Uh, make sure it's not brand new, so we can't see the branding, uh-huh. and, and we'll try and identify yeah. what ball it is based on <laughs> on feel, right? A blind test. I think that would be difficult now with so many balls coming out that feel that are kind of in that I guess sweet spot between Franklin and Dura right. in terms of hardness, in terms of playability and weight. I think that's where people want to be, yeah, and that's where manufacturers are targeting. It's getting more and more difficult to um, differentiate. Totally, yeah, yeah. It is. And by the way, if you want to, I actually reached out to the owner of uh, Neoslick uh, to come out with a paddle too, but uh, the the producer of the Vega 40 ball and mentioned, hey, this plays a lot like the Vulcan. You know, I, I, tend, I, I intend to uh, do a review. So he gave me a, a discount code. It's only 5%, but you can even get 5% off of $1.75 per ball. <laughs> so it's definitely the, the cheapest option out there that's the closest to the Vulcan. And you can use the code... Uh, John Q on that. I think it's just straight up John Q. And these and more balls are in your database. They are, yes. Uh, The database now has 26 different balls in it, and it's growing every day. Not as big as the paddle database, which has 140-something paddles now. Uh, That's... It's been a lot of work. (laughs) It's been a lot of work running metrics on these paddles. The amount of data out there... Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Really. It's nuts. So if you are a person who is... Looking for a ball to keep in your bag, uh-huh. how would you suggest uh, using your database to help narrow down that selection? Yeah, I think the biggest metric that affects the feel and playability of a ball is the hardness. And I do have a, a column in the database that is the durometer hardness. And that's it's just this little machine that you know presses a almost a needle into the plastic and measures its, its hardness. And um, you can you can get a good sense of, okay, if I like to play with the Franklin ball, uh, you know, I'll look at other balls within that hardness range and they're going to play similarly. And color, obviously. Uh, I also love the new Selkirk ball. Um, but I think one of the downfalls of that ball is, is the color. It's just hard to see indoors, you know. They, they, didn't, they didn't get that really bright optic yellow greenish ball that like the new Vulcan it's a little bit dull it's a little closer to the the old Dura it plays very well though I really appreciate the consistency of yeah. the Selkirk ball even after I mean I think I played with one ball for weeks yeah and it's still as consistent as the day it came out of the package yeah. I do feel like they soften up a bit they go a little bit out of round too not as bad as the Vulcan I'd say but more than the Franklin I'd say Franklin's pretty solid ball you know it's soft and you don't want to play with it in the summer in hot temperatures because it turns into a marshmallow but on cool days you can't get much better than the franklin it doesn't go out around doesn't break uh, and when it's cooler it's it's harder so it plays more like it's not as as not as lively i'd say as the vulcan by any means but it's solid shout out to franklin i i, I kind of 
talked poorly about their paddles in, in past videos. So uh, they do make good balls, though. I have played with Franklin balls from the beginning and uh-huh. always um, – they're very predictable. Yeah. In in most conditions, and uh, I think that for any ball, that's that's a pretty high water watermark. Yeah, you know what else is a really good ball that I've never seen anybody play in the wild is the diadem ball. Uh, never and, seen it. Yeah, I had I asked them to send me uh, some, and they sent them to me. And the diadem Premier Power. Uh, let me pull up the hardness. So the hardness, the durometer of the diadem ball is fifty eight. 58.5 .5 compared to the Dura, which is 59.3. So it's it's a little less hard, a little softer. What's the softest ball on your? And a Dura. Oh, let me let me sort this. And it's uh, the Pen 40. Pen 40. 49.0. So the Pen ball is definitely the softest. The Gamma two tone training balls are also very soft. Uh, Pickle uh, P C K L. Mm -hmm. I have some of their paddles here. They're actually some of the best-selling balls on Amazon. I don't know how they how they found their way into that the marketplace. Uh, yeah, but uh, they have a very soft ball too. They've got a few balls. Uh, they have a harder ball, but their their optic outdoor ball is fifty-two point eight. That's is Oso still a thing? Oso is still the thing. Right. Yeah, Oso Fury, fifty-eight point seven. It's a good all-around ball. It's three dollars per ball when you buy twelve. So it's not the cheapest, but but uh, all right. Um, I think we'll see a lot more development in the ball area it feels like there's room to grow you know I, i'd love to see more materials considered some composites you know in the plastic uh to make it more environmental friendly and and play well you know you, you can't you can't skimp on the on the performance of the ball but but i feel guilty playing particularly when you hit a dura and you you break one every game you're throwing away so much plastic and and you know then going through paddles with the polypropylene cores, it just seems like pickleball can be a very wasteful uh, sport in terms of the plastics entering the environment. But I'd love to see a ball that's both durable. I think Selkirk did that with their S1 ball, the new ball. Um, it's it's extremely durable. I played with, like, they have the lifetime warranty, which is you know, kind of unbelievable. But, but they do break eventually. But uh, I played with one for... I think it's a one-year warranty. It's a one-year warranty. Yeah, right. that's right. That's right. But I played with one for weeks and weeks. Not mm -hmm. not all. It wasn't the only ball I played with, but it got a lot of use, and it finally broke in like forty-degree temperatures. So, all right. So um, we talked about the Proton paddle. Um, we also we also tried out the Gearbox G2 paddles. I, I wanted to do a first impressions video on those paddles. They're um, a new budget line that Gearbox put out. And we're looking at them at, on the wall over here. Um, they include a kind of shorter, wider paddle, a Fusion. Do you remember what they renamed the Fusion to? I believe it's Integra. Integra. That's right. The, the Fusion is now the Integra. I didn't have a Integra. problem with Fusion, so I was okay with that. <laughs> I wonder why they did that. Yeah, that's was, that was a good name. But now it's the Integra, uh, and they have an elongated. So they have three shapes. All of them. Um, now, is that is the more traditional shape based on their their old quad? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Imagine. actually, it's just, it is a quad. Okay. It's called a quad shape. Um, and Those kind of came out of nowhere. I don't. I feel like no one's been... Yeah, they uh, haven't hyped. seen that anywhere, really. And right. Yep, our light went out. Um, yeah, they, they haven't been hyped by uh, Gearbox much. They did send me all three a few weeks ago, and uh, you and I hit 
hit with them on one session uh, just for a few games. Uh, they're polypropylene core. They don't have the SST core, that you know, the carbon fiber or and, and foam cores. So they're honeycomb polypropylene. They are the the surface underneath the texture is a composite of carbon fiber and fiberglass. I have not cut one open to see if it's laid out like you know directionally in ninety mm-hmm. degrees, uh, but the surface texture is a, a grit. It is. Very gritty though, and and I ran some spin tests on them, and it got top tier, just above two thousand RPM, if I remember correctly. Um, what are your thoughts on playing with them? I think that um, once you learn how much they cost, you really like these paddles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I did enjoy the spin. I, you know, the Pro Power that I play with has a lot of spin. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of potential for spin, mm-hmm. but sometimes that spin is difficult to harness. Uh-huh. With this, it's. So easy to hit those slices, forehand, yeah. backhand slices, topspin rolls, very easy. Um, where I had some issues with these paddles is I think the issue that I have with a lot of edgeless paddles, and that is sweet spot mm-hmm. and twist. And um, we didn't get a chance to play around with any lead weights or anything like that. I think that would be an interesting experiment Yeah, because I, I think a lot could be gained there. But stock, um, struggle a little bit finding the sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah, same. Uh and what what did you mean when you said it's kinda difficult to harness the spin on the on the Rock Carbon Fiber Pro series? Well the ball comes off there so fast that mm-hmm. I feel like that, that ball to paddle interface, that dwell time mm-hmm. isn't long enough for a spin to really impart to the ball. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. And and I, I thought maybe you uh, we're also talking about kind of the flick spin or the pop spin versus the drive power spin. And I've noticed the different textures of raw carbon fiber. Will, Will Pickleball Will also talks about this, um, and he brought it up to me, which made me start thinking about it. But he's totally right. Like uh, the, the coarser textures of raw carbon fiber get better spin from flicks, you know, and kitchen exchanges. You know, if you're trying to slice a, a dink or you're, you're, you're doing a roll volley, uh, the coarser rock carbon fiber gets much better spin than the legacy style, really fine rock carbon fiber, which does get good spin with full strokes, like uh, serves and, and drives, but not so much at the kitchen. Uh, so that's a, a neat distinction, I think, to draw. But But I think one caveat with the G2s, going back to them, uh, with the texture is that it is grit glue. Gearbox does typically provide better quality paddles than, than others, so they're probably curing it to a greater extent. Uh, it's probably a little more durable than stuff you're going to find on other paddles with, with grit. But it is grit, and it generally tends to wear, wear down quicker than raw carbon fiber. So out of the box, yeah, you're going to get pretty amazing spin with these things. But I haven't played with them long enough to know how long that grit stays around. I think for the the price that these are, mm-hmm. and the what are they, the low hundreds? Yeah, 100 to 130, yeah, these paddles. I, I can't think of another paddle out there that can really uh, compete. That's true. I mean, you have the kind of the assurance, the quality assurance that only Gearbox provides. And yes, you know, there have been some, some issues with the Pro Series paddles um, that we've heard about, but but Honestly, looking at these things, they feel super high quality. There's definitely no exposed 
polypropylene in the handle. You know, it just they feel like solid paddles. They're actually not that lightweight either compared to some of Gearbox's previous paddles. I think I think they're all 14 millimeters thick. They're all close to eight eight ounces in weight. They're just under, uh, which which helps with the sweet spot. My my favorite was the wider body um, uh, of the, the three. Quad shape. The quad shape, yeah, because the sweet spot was just a little wider. Uh, the elongated seemed to have issues with, with uh, twisting in your hands. The design people at Gearbox have been really killing it lately. I mean, I feel like the Pro Power and now the G2 are design-wise, aesthetically speaking, mm-hmm. some of the prettiest paddles out there. They are, yeah. yeah. I just should. smooth and elegant. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't pick up the Proton paddle earlier when we were talking about designs, but yeah, that's... <laughs> what color would you call that, John? Oh, well, I'm colorblind. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna plead the fifth on that. The others are, are uh, very bright. There's like a, a lime-colored one. Uh, there's a purple one. Uh, my wife actually liked the purple one better than this brown one. She said, it's, it's, I think oh, we can all agree it's not the, not the prettiest paddle. But uh, the more colorful ones I think some people will like because, you know, Gives kind of a Stranger Things retro vibe. My preference is for simple, just clean, elegant. And for me, the Gearbox does it. I think Volair does a great job. Uh-huh. There's a bunch of others. Maybe we can have another podcast just on yeah. uh, design. But uh, I just like things clean like that. Yeah, for sure. Volair also has some budget paddles, too. So these are, are fiberglass. But this is the, the Corto which is basically the same shape as the Mach 2 Forza, so the wide body. And man, I, I loved playing with that Mach 2 Forza when I was reviewing it. I played with it for two weeks. Another great spin paddle. Oh, so good, yeah. yeah. Uh, these are not raw carbon fiber. I think they run you know close to $100, too. Uh, they're, they're fiberglass surface and, and grit, but they also get <laughs> really good spin. I, I feel like Volier is killing it lately with, with their paddles. Mm-hmm. Um, one, another one... Before we move on, I wanted to talk about one other paddle we were playing with today, the 11624. Uh, that's the, the brand of the paddle. And the uh, Hirachi, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Hirachi X. Um, the owner of this paddle company reached out to me and asked me if he could send me some paddles. And uh, he was very funny, actually. He was like, I own the company 1160, otherwise known as the worst name paddle company in the world. Uh, so he's... he's <laughs> 11624. Let's, <laughs> 11, let's not confuse it with our, our <laughs> Black Diamond. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he's he's very conscious that... Uh, is that it's, somebody's... It's a mouthful. Uh, I don't know, birthday, anniversary? I, what What is 11624? I think I heard, I saw it on Discord that it is uh, a winning lottery ticket number combination so anyway so this is a this is a thermoform paddle with uh raw carbon fiber so it's a peel ply texture on the surface 16 millimeters thick but one of the unique things about it is that the materials beneath the peel ply or the texture are a layer of carbon fiber a layer of fiberglass and a layer of carbon fiber so three layers it's these pre-preg unidirectional fibers but they're blending Carbon fiber and fiberglass. So, fiberglass is a little more supple than than rock than carbon fiber. Carbon fiber has a, a, is just more stiff, and the fiberglass, it being more supple, provides more pop. So and power. So that's why these fiberglass paddles, like the Black Diamond Infinity that I just reviewed, uh, get more velocity off the ball. So, 
We play with a day. What are your thoughts on it? I need some more time with this one, John. Uh-huh. Not because I need more time to evaluate it. It was just so much fun to play with. Uh, the long handle, I, I'm not sure if you talked about the handle length, but it's got plenty of room for that, you know, the, those twoies. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've uh, not entered this. Well, actually, I may have entered it in my database, but uh, it looks to be at least a 5.5-inch handle. I would say so. And, you know, just like all 5.5-inch handles, you can overwrap it and get close to six. And the sweet spot felt very large to me. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, and it it had some pop off the surface, you know, n- not just pop, but power. Uh, good drives from the baseline. Yeah. Good kitchen game. I didn't feel like I was lacking in, you know, velocity of the balls coming off with, with punch volume. And the touch like was that. on point. Yeah. I really enjoyed uh Enjoyed that paddle today. Yeah. Wish I could just say the name of it. <laughs> I'll never remember it. That's uh, What's the price point on that one? All right. They have a control version, which is not this one. It sells for 80 bucks, so that's really cheap. Oh, wow. It's only 140 bucks. That's amazing. That's yeah. A, that's a quality paddle. Yeah. For 140 bucks, man. I, I thought it would be closer to like 200? six zeros, like 160, 170, maybe mm-hmm. 180. Good stuff. It's oh, keeper. Dog from... Bread and Butter also sent me, he sent it to several reviewers, the 14-millimeter filth. Power. Uh, yeah, pop. Yeah. The it's original a, had pl- power. Yeah, the original had power and pop. This one is skewed more towards pop. I played with it just for, for one game so far. I've only had it a couple of days, so I can't really speak much about it in terms of how I feel about it. But uh, definitely you can feel it has a lighter swing weight. Uh, it's more maneuverable in the hands. And that pop you get, as with any other 14-millimeter thinner paddle, is, is uh, quite noticeable on this. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it's a pretty smoking paddle in terms of uh, kitchen games, uh, you know, playing aggressively or even defending yourself uh, with counterattacks at the kitchen uh, are pretty easy with that paddle. Let's move on to the next segment. So goals for 2024, we're still in January, and we can do, we can talk about our resolutions. I don't, I'm not a big resolutions guy, you know. I, I generally tend to stay in the gym year-round, you know. I, I, I see people come in in January and February, and, and they tend to taper off in March, you know. Uh, but I don't like to make a lot of resolutions, but, but I do have a lot of goals, particularly, you know, in pickleball this year. So let's talk about those. So, so Eddie, what, do you, what are your goals this year? Well— you know, I, I tend to put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, even in rec games, I feel like every point is on the line. And mm-hmm. lately, there's just been so much pressure that I haven't been enjoying myself as much as I felt like I used to right. when playing pickleball. Pickleball used to be, and it should be, joyful. It should be uh, the most fun you've ever had. And it, it usually is. But I've lost a little bit of that mojo mm-hmm. lately. And and. Not really a resolution, but I, I want to get back to just not putting so much pressure on every game, every point. Right. But just enjoying the process, making those incremental improvements if mm-hmm. possible, mm-hmm. And, and knowing that sometimes those improvements are, are slow to come. Yeah, I like it. It's similar to one of my goals uh, is to be injury-free this year. I had a string of injuries last year, and honestly, my – my feet were hurting so bad in, in the summer uh, that it wasn't even fun to play. I was a grouch. My mobility was 50% of what it normally is. 
And uh, I eventually had a knee injury, which put me out for a few weeks, which right. was the best thing because it allowed my feet to heal too. It, it, so I had plantar fasciitis a couple of years ago that led to a tear in the plantar fascia, similar to Tyson McGuffin's injury last year. Uh, that put me out for several weeks. And then that kind of inflammation spread in my feet and I was getting pain in different spots of my feet. Anyway, I, I got that fixed. I got some cortisone shots, which have, have helped out enormously. And one of the one of my resolutions this year is to uh, do a lot of uh, work in a lot of mobility uh, training into my workout regimen uh, and maintain my strength. One of the things when you join when you start playing pickleball and become obsessed, that becomes your exercise. And I lost a lot of muscle when I started playing pickleball. Oh yeah, yeah. I used to, yeah, I used to hit the gym pretty hard. You know, and I probably lost. At least 10 pounds of muscle. I'm a lot thinner than I used to be in terms of lean mass. But um, I want to get back in the gym to maintain the strength but also um, work on my mobility. I think that goes a long way. I use a, a, an app. I've been using it for almost two years now called uh, GMB Fitness. And uh, uh, it's kind of like yoga for men. You know, there's a lot of yoga poses in it. But there's also like weird movements that I've never – put my body into and these kind of combinations where you're kind of, you know, twisting around on the floor and doing handstands and, you know, mm. cartwheels and stuff like that. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> Not for you? Nope. No, it's, it's actually, it's really good to, they have like 10 minute sessions on the app uh, that are 15 minute s- sessions, I think are the shortest ones, but they're really good to, to warm up before you go play a match. And that's one of the things, like most of us warm up just warming up for the game, right? right dinking mm-hmm. you go out on the court cold and yep and no matter how young you are and how supple you are you're going to injure yourself eventually if you're pl- running around on cart hot, hard concrete for hours and hours a day right so yeah and then what are we doing post-match yeah exactly yeah you gotta go into the bar <laughs> as we should be yeah. as we should be but no i i want i want to focus on staying injury free this year and and you know to bring this back to your original point that means I'm having a lot more fun too. And yes, the mental game is another thing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to stay consistent with mindfulness meditation this year. Awesome. Yeah, I have uh, the Headspace app. I've been using it for a couple of years also. It's hard to stay consistent for me. It's one of those things. I'm usually a very regimented person, but I could not get on a, on a regular schedule with, with these meditations. But, but I think um, that helps me. Getting in a good mental space is... <laughs> Big, hugely important for me. I think some people are naturally skilled at it. And you see, like Ben Johns and Anna Lee, they're, they're, they're some of the best mental players, the best mental players out there. And they have confidence and they're calm. And, and uh, but you get in the wrong headspace and your game just tanks. It can happen quickly too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway, that's uh, one of my recommendations. If you're having issues with anger on the court or you're just not playing up to what you know you can play, yeah, try try the Headspace app. That's cool. You do, do any meditation? No, I haven't. Yeah, but um, you don't need it. More just naturally um, reflective uh-huh. at the end of the day, or after a, a particularly uh, challenging match, let's say, uh-huh. and just re- trying to rethink, you know, why certain reactions occurred. Yeah, 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 yeah. But speaking of feet, John, I too am uh, struggling with foot problems. Not so much during matches or games, but afterwards. Mm-hmm just so much soreness that like even going downstairs I have to go down the stairs backwards sometimes because the um, 
my Achilles tendon mm -hmm. leading down to my heel and a little bit under the foot was so sore mm. um, after pickleball. Mm. And I've been wearing these insoles. They're called Move Game Day Pro, designed by um, a couple of basketball pros. Um, and with basketball, you know, all that uh, lateral movement and cutting and, and sprinting and then dead stop, jumping, that's pickleball. Uh -huh. Yeah. And um, these insoles <coughs> have uh, really changed my feet. And um, I don't have the pain after matches or the day after a match anymore. They're, really? They're fantastic. So I'm looking at them now on Amazon. They're 60 bucks for a pair. So not too bad. I mean, for, for quality insoles. Move Game Day Pro. I'll try them out. What else you got for the year? What are your goals? Oh, I do want to drill more re regularly. So uh, you and I actually talked about uh, doing it, like you and I drill quite often, but I'd still say that I'm not at 50% drilling, 50% rec play. You know, I, I do think we try to work on stuff during our games, you know. I didn't really have one thing in, in mind, but but sometimes that goes out the window and, you know, when you get frustrated or you're not playing your best. But, but yeah, uh, drilling more often. And uh, I'm going back to work on my – some of my fundamentals too. Uh, I, lately, I've been uh, taking lessons. Actually, I've had two lessons so far with uh, uh, Scott Flegelman at uh, Boulder Pickleball. Local pro. Yeah, he's a local senior pro. Oh, I forgot to mention in our podcast section. Totally forgot this. One of my favorite podcasts is a 4.0 to Pro. So it's Scott Flegelman. He's a co-host on there with. Um, is it David O'Neill? Uh, his last name is O'Neill. He's uh, in California. Uh, Scott's here in, in Boulder. Uh, it's a fantastic podcast, and it, it's like 10 minutes or 15 minutes each podcast, and they talk about a stroke or a technique or a strategy to help you, and it, it's just, that's, you know, turn me on to Scott's Four game. 4 to Pro. Check it out. Uh, it's actually becoming really popular, so a lot of people already know about it. Anyway, Scott is a phenomenal uh, coach, teacher. Uh, he's been working with me on on some things that – that you know, I should know already, and I, I'm kind of at that point where I'm like, all right, if I don't fix these these core issues, these basics, then it's going to hinder you know my progression. I'm not totally obsessed with you know. I don't intend on becoming a pro. Uh, I'm mostly I'm here to have fun doing this, but I also part of the fun in it is is watching your progression, mm -hmm. right? You don't want to sure. hinder that. Yeah, that's, that's what's your I'm racket at. sports background now that we're kind of yeah. getting into this. I'm curious. Yeah, I played tennis in, okay. in high school uh, and a little bit in college, not on teams, but uh, dropped off in grad school. I just couldn't find anybody to play with. Nobody wants to play tennis anymore. <laughs> Why would they? <laughs> How about you? You said racquetball? <laughs> racquetball, some squash in college. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen Padel? Yeah. That looks cool. It's huge. Uh, I'm going to Saudi Arabia tomorrow. Trying to get this podcast done okay. and, and some other things. Uh, so my my real job is an archaeologist, and uh, uh, I have some projects in Saudi Arabia. But the point of this is that Padel is huge in Saudi Arabia, and I take my paddle with me uh, when I go to Saudi, and uh, they do have Padel courts, which are basically the same size as is. Pickleball, so we're able to. Are people playing pickleball there? No, no, they've never no seen it. I actually got stopped at the. At the airport, uh, with my carry-on luggage, I had a. Is back when I was reviewing the Gearbox Pro Power Series. I had that with me in Saudi Arabia. Coming back through the airport, and they stopped me and they pulled out the paddle 
uh, security and really? like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, it's a pickleball paddle. I pull out a ball and kind of tapping the ball up and down. I'm like, oh. And they're like, raw carbon fiber? And I'm like, really? I'm like, yes, wow. it's a raw carbon fiber. How did you know that? And uh, Torre? <laughs> like, You're talking to the right guy. Um, anyway, so yeah, the Padel's huge. Looks like fun. It, it looks like a lot of fun. I would, I would play mix of uh, pickleball and racquetball. All sounds good. Uh, you know what I forgot to do? We're going to have a Q&A session, but I forgot to pull any uh, questions from I got the one videos. for you. Yeah, let's see. Because I do look at your videos and I, <laughs> I read through the comments. And on your last video on the, the 6.0 Infinity mm-hmm. Black Diamond, yeah, um, there were some questions, not just on your video, but actually some of the other channels as well had mm-hmm. similar questions about the comparisons between the the two recent releases from 6.0, the Ruby, and the uh, the Infinity. Mm-hmm. So some of your comparisons in your video with were with other paddles within the line, but no. not the Ruby. Not the Ruby. So what are your um, you know what are your summary points on the differences between the Ruby and the Infinity, uh-huh. and your preferences for one or the other? So there are two Infinities. There's the double black diamond Infinity and the black diamond. And the double black diamond is a um, raw carbon fiber. The black diamond is raw fiberglass. And again, it's, it's just it's the same layup, but instead of using unidirectional carbon fiber, the black diamond Infinity is using unidirectional fiberglass. And then they put the same peel ply texture over it. So the difference between those two is that the fiberglass is more supple and it gets more power more velocity of the ball coming off the paddle. So comparing those two to the Ruby, Mm -hmm. the Ruby is, I'd say it's the plushest feeling 6-0 paddle. It's it's way plusher to me than the original double black diamond and original black diamond. The Infinity paddles also play softer. Uh, They are more control-oriented than the original Black Diamond series. But I'd say that the the Ruby, the Kevlar face, just has more dwell time. It, it feels different. It feels more plush than even the Infinity versions. So, so is that how you define plushness? Is that dwell time feeling? Well, I mean, we talk a lot about power and pop. Um, we also throw out that term plushness quite a bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what's your sort of working definition of, of that? Well, I'm kind of conflating uh, plushness with dwell time. I shouldn't necessarily put those. They're not synonymous, but plushness is just the softness softness of the paddle face, and it's a feel, and it's very subjective. I, I've actually started. I started trying to find a trying to find a way to quantify mm-hmm. plushness, and it's definitely not just an issue of the surface hardness. You know, I've measured the surface hardness with a durometer of all the paddles, and some of them that feel stiff have a softer durometer reading than those that, that feel softer and vice versa. So it's not just the, the, the actual hardness of the face. I think it also has a lot to do with vibrations. Like, like, would you say the Gearbox Pro Series plays plush or soft? I don't know. Yeah. It's a tough <laughs> question, right? It's very subjective. But I, I do feel like they it play feels softer. Springy, it's springy. But I would not necessarily say um, vibration-free or... No. But when you hit it on the sweet spot, it's, it certainly has some issues with, with uh, you know, uh, twisting in the hands when you hit it off center. But let's say you hit it in the sweet spot, dink or drive yeah. or serve. 
What do you feel? Softness versus hardness? What, where would you put that I on the scale? I would put it on the softer, more trampoline feeling. Yeah. I think that's a good good point. And it's it, trampoline. It, almost, it gives that sound as well. That's yeah. not that high pitch that you get some, from some very stiff right. carbon fiber faces, but it's more right. muted. Yeah. And when you measure the surface of the Gearbox Pro with a durometer, it's one of the hardest paddles, actually. So it's not the surface that's giving that that plusher feel or the trampoline feel. Right. Uh, I I think it's both the core and what the core does. So the core is filled with foam, right? It's these carbon fiber ridges that are infused with foam. So the carbon fiber maintains its integrity and allows it to pass the deflection tests. But the foam reduces the vibration and it also adds to the power. And then there's that whole floating core thing that the Pro, Pro the Gearbox Pros have going on, which provides all the extra power. Anyway, I th- I feel like it's that the vibration effect in your hand that you're feeling that that sends signals to you that oh this is a softer pat- feeling paddle or a a more brittle feeling paddle. So, there's that and then there's dwell time uh, which is separate. I do think going back to our original question, I think the Ruby has more dwell time than any other 60 paddle. The Ruby is a more powerful, way more powerful than either one of the Infinity paddles. So these drives serves from the baseline, overhead slams, putaways. You're going to get a lot more power from the Ruby. It's not as poppy as either one of the Infinity paddles. Mm. And I think a lot of that has to do with the heavier swing weight of the Ruby. You just can't whip it as quickly from a stationary, from a backhand punch, for example. You can't get the speed as quickly as you can with these super lightweight edgeless design of the Infinities. So most edgeless paddles are going to get great pop, and Infinities are a good example of that. Uh, so again, Ruby, more power, uh, less pop than the Infinities. Infinities and the Ruby both have good control, I'd say. So I, I think that for me, the Ruby is the perfect balance between power and control. It's exactly what I, what I want. You know, I don't feel like I'm lacking in power. I don't feel like I'm lacking in control. Both of those seem exceptional on this. The only thing that, that I, I feel like it, the Ruby's lacking a little bit is the pop. There's always a trade-off. So the Black Di- the Infinities are also good with control, uh, but they don't have the power that the Ruby has. So if you're looking for put-away power, and control, I go with the Ruby. If you're looking for aggressive kitchen play, you know, good pop and control, I go with the Infinities over the, Great the summary, Ruby. Great John. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right, so plans for February. Um, myself, Chris Olson, Pickleball Will, and Braden from Pickleball Effect are all meeting up in Las Vegas for a secret meeting. I'm not going to provide any details right now, but we're going to make a lot of content. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll have more information on that later. No, so. John, come on. you got to give us a little more than that. <laughs> What's going well, on? Well, there will be paddle fittings, and and uh, meaning there will, will be a paddle manufacturer there who is uh, keen on perimeter weighting and fitting paddles to pros, and uh, uh, he will fit each of us to a paddle. And I was joking with the other three that I'm definitely the low man on a totem pole in terms of Duper scores. Well, I was joking with these guys that this person is going to fit me with a Z5. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to fit everybody else. Like, we've, we've come for a full circle on this uh, Yeah, podcast. back to the Z5. Anyhow, 
So that'll be fun. So uh, is this a situation where, uh, you know, this outfitter has paddles from all different manufacturers and they're going to find the specs that match your needs or are they no. creating their own paddle or is this a they, whole new manufacturer? It's a whole new manufacturer. The, the, the company is called Thrive Pickleball. Uh, and the owner is really smart and he's, he's uh, we've had extensive conversations, another, another total paddle nerd and, uh, like minds, you know, and, uh, he's big into figuring out kind of the, the balance point and the perimeter weighting needed for particular play styles. And, you know, he kind of figured out that, that pros all tend to gravitate toward a swing weight of about 120, 121, which is pretty high for, yep. for paddle standards. But, uh, you know, there's, there's advantages to having that extra power. Uh, with the paddle with the higher swing weights. Anyway, I'm giving giving away some of the informa- too much of the information, so I'll keep some of it secret. Well, we'll look forward to that, John. All right. What else, Eddie? Final Jeopardy question. You ready? Uh-huh. All right. We're in a tournament, you and I. We're in the finals. We're, we've made it to the end. It's the last point. I, the score is 10-10, win by one. Mm-hmm. But you've just injured yourself again, John. <laughs> and all you can do is serve. Uh-huh. Okay, so we're in timeout. You've got your bag with the usual 50 paddles in it. What paddle do you pull out of that bag to maybe get an ace on this very last <laughs> service? Oh, man. Oh, definitely the, the, the Gearbox Pro Power. Gearbox Pro getting, Power again. That's weighted up to – mine's almost 10 ounces. <laughs> it is, yeah. I, put a, I, I took off the original grip and put on like a gel grip, and then, yeah, I have lead tape. So that thing hits like a truck. For sure, and I don't know though. You get you get the yips in tournaments, especially at a ten ten. But might as well go for it, right? Pull well, out the so, big guns, right? So when the when the game is on the line, you've got one swing left. You're pulling out the gearbox. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, for sure. Same, <laughs> same, same. When I catch a hold of that serve, oh god, it's crazy. Eddie, exciting. Awesome. Thanks so much. A lot of fun. Can't wait to do this again. Yep. Next on the week. other side of Saudi Arabia, two weeks from now. Well, if you get through TSA or the Saudi (laughs) version of TSA. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) Take care. Take care.